welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about animation, TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. Today, we're celebrating 25 years of Batman Beyond. This is part one. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. And I'm Clifton. January 10th, 1999. Batman Beyond premiered with its two-part pilot, Rebirth. Set in Gotham City 50 years from now, a long-retired Bruce Wayne has passed the mantle of the Batman to 17-year-old high school student Terry McGinnis. Sporting a new high-tech bat suit and facing a brand new set of rogues, this Batman series is a fresh take on the bat mythos, while also acting as a continuation of events from Batman the Animated Series, uh, with a dash of cyberpunk mixed in. Produced by Warner Brothers Animation, Batman and Superman Animated Series producers Bruce Timm, Paul Dini, and Alan Burnett all return as creators, along with newly promoted producer Glenn Morcami. The series ran for 52 episodes and aired on Kids WB 25 years ago. Can you believe it? Wow. I cannot. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get into Rebirth in just a minute. Um, but first, I wanted to ask you guys, because uh, we're all old enough to remember when it premiered. So uh, what did you think about the idea of a teenage Batman set in the future when you first heard it? I thought it sounded dumb. Okay. <laughs> I thought it sounded impossible to pull off. <laughs> okay. Like okay. I just I just thought it was an idea that I'm like this is going to suck. This is going to be because I think it was around the time of uh, the the was it Spider-Man Unlimited? Yeah, that was going around that yeah, time. It was close. A little before, yeah. And that was my thought was, "Oh, they're trying to do Spider-Man Unlimited with, with Batman." Right. And it's rare that these things are good past like an issue or two i mean mm. i know it's not a it's not a comic book but right right that was my thought was you know as i find as we do more and more episodes of things in the reveal of things i'm like I, my attitude is usually like no that's going to be terrible <laughs> and it's i and knee I, jerk right that is that is my straight from the <laughs> hip you know i i'm like wow that's going to be terrible and I, and this is no different i thought and again I, they had no there was no reason to doubt them at this right. point Right. You know, it's not, you know, this is not the point where they're, they're, you know, entropy takes over <laughs> and it all just turns bad. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just had, a, but as I, I thought about it when I was preparing for this episode, I thought, wow, I really do. I'm a me, I'm just a naysayer from, from the jump on a lot of things. Right. So it's, 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 uh, it's your defense. Your I guess. Armor. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, like this, but this is, you know, to be fair, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Again, it's one of those, you know, when it, when 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 there's three what at this at this point there's three series that are just great, and then, well, you know, this one's going to be terrible. <laughs> no, there wasn't three <laughs> at this point. There was only two, right? Uh, it was just series. Yeah, no, there was, there's Batman, there was Superman, and there was the new Adventures of Batman. Yeah, okay. no Justice League. Batman. Okay, yeah. but I'm saying there was no. We, we didn't have Justice League yet. Right. No. Correct. You know, no. and that, you know, that when, I'll put it this way. When I saw uh, comparing the two, that one, I certainly didn't. They say I was <laughs> I was like, let's do it. Um, right. But there was also a lot of, of, of groundwork laid with the fact that, you know, for a lot of those Superman episodes, those are, you know, um, DC Comics presents, you know, where Superman teams up with a hero. Which you're basically doing your rollout, you right. know, at, the, at least I thought for what could possibly be a Justice League show. Mm -hmm. But no, the Batman Beyond, like as an idea, I just thought. You know, he's at that point, like Bruce Wayne is so central to being Batman in the comics. I don't think we'd even had like uh, Nightfall, maybe a Nightfall happened. Yes. 
Okay, yeah, so nightfall's yeah, yeah. happened. So, but again, it was not a, you know, we've seen what happens when someone else tries to, tries to take over the mantle of the bat. It doesn't mm-hmm. go very well. Right. Um, right. And even from like a standpoint of when you're, when I was trying to put my head in the idea of the creators, I went, even they would think this was a bad idea. <laughs> and they did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's a funny, like, yeah, there's funny stories about the development, the, the birth of the project. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just remember being like seeing the blurb about it mm-hmm. that had been announced. I might have seen like an art if they had released like, a, you know, the Batman Beyond design or something and just being like, uh, like, uh, that doesn't look good at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just not sold on it. I was not sold on it right. uh, initially from just the concept. That's right. what I'll say. I was just looking it up, Frank. I actually, Spider-Man Unlimited actually premiered after. Oh, dear, really? really? But it's wow. close. Yeah, okay. it's October. It feels, so it's the same it year. Like so I wonder if there earlier. was a, if there was a bit like if they were just like walking across the street and seeing what the other guys were doing. <laughs> right. You know, but I'm you sure know, they probably like, talk. They probably talk in the same circles. So I'm sure someone yeah. might have been like, "Oh yeah, we're working on this." Because yeah. I know, I know, in the schoolyard, we were all saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, they're just ripping off Batman Beyond." Ah, uh, okay. When now looking at it, I'm like, that's impossible because they would have been in production around the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like, anyway, I mean, they wouldn't have been, say what you will about that show, they wouldn't have been able to get Spider-Man off the ground that fast mm-hmm. in, 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 in the summer, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I'm, I'm going to confess over here. So uh, believe it or not to listeners, there was a period where I is. Uh, uh, as much as I talked them up where I f- kind of fell off the wagon of the Bruce Tim Paul Dini stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the tail end of Superman tail end of Batman. When I just, when they were just like clearly like cranking them out. <laughs> and admittedly, I was a little like over opinionated about some of them. Cause a lot of those episodes have turned out to be like favorites of mine, like, like nighttime, mm-hmm. uh, which, which, you know, I just, I just needed to learn more uh, about the comics. Mm-hmm. you know to kind of see like you know that was at the time when like silver age was was illegal mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know and then you do like a silver Taboo, age day and now right. like you know you get older and and you learn more and you're like oh no like i really like that episode so but this fell like right around that time so i was not watching them religiously like i like i was um that said for some reason i actually thought this sounded kind of cool okay mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. I agree. I like it shouldn't. I shouldn't have. But I guess I just didn't know what I didn't know. But I did in preparation for it. I managed to find a couple of old like Wizard Magazine like articles, which mm-hmm. I'm sure that's where I first saw. That's where I first yeah. probably yeah. ever heard about it. Yeah. So um, uh, we'll we'll put those in the notes because I, I I managed to I managed to find them and I'm and I'm looking at like the article that they wrote where they interviewed um Tim and Deanie. Mm-hmm. and I'm like man, they just like, they, they spoiled everything. Oh. Like all of it's in there where it's like, they're talking about bad guys are like, we're not, we're not using like any of the favorites. Like right. nobody's coming back. Yeah. It's pretty hard really. to fast rule for that, for that show is yeah. let's, let's not do the, the, the typical rogues. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, we're not doing any of that stuff. We got like the Royal flush gang mm-hmm. and we got uh, the jokers and, right. and, and, and like, I remember going like, Oh, that all sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Except for, except <laughs> for the couple times they do bring somebody back, but yeah, right. they, they have justifications they for it. Right. But no, it's funny that you mentioned Wizard because I, again, I was as I was prepping for this, I was thinking of you know other Bruce Tim stuff, and they had again uh, a much different roster for Justice League that was teased in Wizard, 
but I don't recall reading about Batman Beyond and Wizard, which is strange because I was pretty, you know, I, I as as my roommate at the time um, used to say, it was like, "You are you ranting at Wizard again?" I'm like, "Well, it's just there's so many things that get wrong, John." <laughs> right. Um, you know, so it was one of those things where you know I'd bring it home with my stack of comics, and he would just watch me eat tacos and then just rant to myself. Why? You just fume. You yeah. just fume with a taco in one hand yes. and Wizard in the other. Yes. So, but again, I don't I don't recall. I'm sure I read it, but um. Yeah, I, I just remember more, more, more so the Justice League stuff. Again, it might have just been I didn't really think it was a good idea, so I didn't read the article. I don't <laughs> right. recall, or I, you know, I've, I've since forgotten it. One or the other, right? Well, I set out to get out to go into the pilot, but but I guess let's get into the development really quick. Okay, yeah. since since we brought it up, right. and um, yeah, like this was a hard sell to the guys who made it. Okay. Right. <laughs> also. There's a special feature mm-hmm. on the first DVD set where they sit down and they basically tell a short story about how it came to be. Did you watch that one, Zach? I didn't watch it gearing up for this, but I watched it a million times. <laughs> um, I did. I did brush up on. I read Tim's um, Modern Masters where he talked about the development in there, okay. mm. also in a Comicsology interview. But yeah, so go ahead though. You drive on this one. The the standout there is that apparently it uh, was the brainchild of. A guy named Jamie Kilner, who was the head of programming at WB Network at the time, who called him, Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, and Alan Burnett, I believe, into his office and told them that their Batman show, which was The New Adventures of Batman, is what was the title of it? The is Batman the Afternoon Fun Time Hour or something? <laughs> what, was the, what was the WB Batman title, Zach? I think it's it New was, Adventures. It was new, the New Batman Superman Hour Hour. Yeah, <laughs> which is it? but it's it's become colloquially referred to as the New Adventures of Batman. Okay. Right. So there yeah. was the, they were on the New Adventures of Batman at the time, and and head of programming at WB told them it was skewing too old, that yeah. it was older kids and non kids watching it, and they wanted a show that would bring in the younger demographic or would secure the younger demographic for sure. And so they thought at first that he was pitching them on making changes again to the Batman show they were working on. And then they realized he was telling them a whole new show was what he wanted. And they said that uh, when the words teenage Batman came out of his (laughs) mouth, that they were all like, huh? (laughs) Like they were all, they all kind of had the reaction. I think that you and I did Frank uh, Mm -hmm. there in the room but that they started riffing off of the top of their heads at that meeting, a lot of ideas that became Batman beyond that mm. we know. And that uh, Jamie Kilner was just like, yep, that sounds like a show to me. <laughs> and so they, they asked like, okay, like you want us to, you know, work on some stuff and come back in a week or so. And he's like, no, you got a green light, go make the show. Mm. <laughs> and that's how it started. That was yep. the birth of it. Yeah. So this is, and we talked about this in the past too, where this is the period where they were working on simultaneously Mm -hmm. Batman, Superman and pre-production development on Batman beyond at the same time, which is, which is nuts Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly the the story as I read it too. The only thing I had heard uh, Clifton and Frank too, was that Jamie Kellner apparently um, used Buffy a lot. Like he he was saying Buffy a lot as, Mm. as reference. 
Mm. which in the magazine that I read the interview, I read Tim and the interviewer were like, which I'm confused about it because like Buffy is not a kid show. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're like, um, but it was a massive hit for the WB at the time. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. And, and they initially thought like teenage Batman and they were thinking like teenage Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And they were right. like, well, that doesn't make any sense because they were thinking like their own continuity and stuff. Yeah. And I remember I saw some story where they were like, after the meeting, like they're all like in the parking lot. Like, what, like, what are we going to do? Right. Like, <laughs> like Paul Dean is like, sounds, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit yeah. the show. <laughs> this sounds stupid. Why would we do this? And then, um, and, and then somewhere, some, one of them got the idea to like, well, oh, like what if we said it in the future? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's not, so it doesn't like stomp on our continuity and it's a teenage Batman, but it's not Bruce. Right. So our stuff all happened. And then it's just like a continuation of that stuff. And they were still a little lukewarm about it. For what right. I remember, I remember Tim going into the office that Monday and, and talking to Glenn, Glenn, Glenn more commonly, like, hey, come here, come here, shut the door. Uh, and he told them sort of like what they wanted them to do. And it was Glenn that was sort of like, no, that sounds all cool. Right. Yeah. Like there's mm. like, we could do this. We could do that. We could do that. And it was, and they said sort of like, it was his excitement and exuberance. Right. That sort of made them all kind of go, Oh, okay. Maybe there's something to this. And also the fact that he was going to be doing most of the design work where they're like, <laughs> Oh, if you're that excited about it, you're going to do it. Like, yeah, we're all in. Like we'll go and with then, it. And then I'll, I'll, I'll use this as segue to get into the show. And then, so, after they're riffing on ideas it was then when they came up with the idea that like well what would cause bruce wayne to to, to quit mm-hmm. or to stop being batman and then one of them had come up with the idea i forget if it was if it was burnett or deanie i think it was alan said, burnett i think burnett uh, they said that you know bruce wayne is out he's already older it's midpoint in between the shows and he has like a heart attack and has to resort to picking up a gun to defend himself and that was the moment that they were like oh yeah that's cool okay yeah that's it like (laughs) and they're and they're all in so let's get into rebirth all right (laughs) the two-part pilot so that's how it starts right right he goes to get bunny what's her name (laughs) Uh, freeland bunny freeland right that's it yeah yeah no i i i not i couldn't remember the last time i'd seen it the pilot i wouldn't watch rebirth and sitting down and watch it, it still holds up. I think it's still good. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that open is really great. I think worth noting. Open strong. They weren't doing teasers mm-hmm. at this point, right? Okay. Batman and Superman didn't have teasers. They just had like, you know, your intro and then you went into the episode. This one started with a pre-credit sequence that takes place, like mm-hmm. we said, like, you know, I forget if it says 20 years or 25 years ago. I think it's 20. Yeah, I think it may be 20. I think you're right. And yeah, Bunny Vreeland is kidnapped. She's the daughter of Veronica Vreeland, who is a supporting character that you saw in Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne in a uh, futuristic suit. In yes. a power suit. Yep. Goes to help out. And uh, uh, some kind of mix up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. No, it's a great, no, it's a, 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 truly, I really, really love the opening of this sequence. And, and, you know, he's taking those guys out and has his, has a heart attack and there's a gun nearby and he's about right. to get clobbered with a wrench and he a giant, <laughs> giant wrench. Yes. Yep. A comically oversized wrench actually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And they, they get the upper hand and he has to basically resort to, like you said, pulling the gun to save himself. Right. Yep. 
and then has the moment of like, what have I done? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like an intense open. It's an intense open for a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that is, like I said, when I saw, saw the premise uh, or read the premise probably in wizard magazine and thought it sounded dumb. I still somehow watched the first episode. I don't think like I set out to, I think I just happened to be around and it was on. I was like, I'll put that on. And then I see that. And then I've, I'm one over to the show. So that's all Mm -hmm. it took was watching the pilot. It was like, Oh, like this isn't, this isn't what I was picturing at all. Cause that is intense. And that is, it is gruesome and brutal. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then you see him in, in the bat cave shutting out the lights yeah and then and then we roll the intro right well we get the, the, the i always remember the line from him saying never again that basically turn off the lights yeah mm. and there's a like uh i listened to part of one of the commentaries that again are available on dvds that's what we miss in the digital world no no special features anymore <laughs> right yeah i miss when there was like a whole cottage industry of special features on stuff <laughs> So if you still have the DVDs, you can find them. But yeah, they had mentioned in that that they explicitly used orchestral score for that opening segment, like the same type of music they were using on Batman, the animated series and Superman. And they did so so that it would just juxtapose the intro that we get. So you'll have like the classic (laughs) orchestral, like, you know, Batman, the animated animated series score run right into like techno electronica and right. they did that intentionally and yeah i hadn't quite realized that before but it works really really well yeah yeah it does yeah right into that theme which is just man <laughs> <laughs> if you're not pumped up to fight crime after that i don't know what's wrong with you because <laughs> every time i hear it i'm like yeah let's go let's go right now give me, give me my flying batmobile let's do it yeah yeah, watching episodes on on Max, and they put the little skip intro. I'm like, yeah, I'm no, like no. no, yeah, you should lose your <laughs> yeah. it, it, much much like the same way when they um put X Men um the animated series on Disney. People right. are like, no, if you skip the intro, you lose your uh, you automatically lose your subscription. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way about this. There's no reason in the world yeah. to skip this intro for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. No, it's great. Worth pointing out too that like that they worked on this before they had any animation back. Ah. Okay, and, and so I, it's something I don't really quite notice because there, there's there's some actual animation in it, but a lot of it is is like still static images. Yeah, or like you know? very like like barely timed animatics. So you're yeah. seeing like something move every eight frames. Yeah, yeah, and so and and I and we've talked about it. I think famously Darwin Cook is the person who put the intro together and and you know i saw him i saw tim talk about it a little bit where it wasn't like storyboarded or anything like that where like he approved it was just something that they just went back and forth on where like Mm. he just like ongoingly was telling bruce like like oh i got like this idea i got this idea and 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 tim would then kind of like give him some notes just based based off of that and then he would just like come in with stuff and he was like, Oh, this is great. Like, (laughs) you know, yeah. I just shot this on my kitchen table last night. How do you (laughs) like it? Right. Lazy Susan. Yeah. Yeah. That part's awesome. It is. No, it's a great, again, it's a, it's a fantastic intro. Yeah, no, it's, um, music's awesome. Mm -hmm. Music's great. Let's get back into the episode. Um, we can talk about the music in, in, in a bit. So we come back and, and we are, 
now 25, was it 25 years later? Yep. Another 25 or so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or another 20. I think it was 20. I can't remember. This to me is the, is one of the real genius moves here that it doesn't set a a specific year. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's all like, like I like the way that, that the future is always moving Mm -hmm. relative to when now is right. You know what I mean? So like, I think, I think had it, I I think had it actually said flatly, you know, (laughs) um, when would it have been 2049, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I think, uh, I think you run the risk of like, I think like transformers, the movie, when it opens, like it is the year 2005, right? Like, (laughs) Like you run, you run that risk, but I think it's also, not that there was any de- any development for like a Justice League show or anything like at the time, but Bruce Tim had a really really cool idea about like Batman Beyond is always fifty years into the future, whatever right. now is, mm-hmm. whatever whatever Batman stories you're doing now, right? Batman Beyond is fifty years from then, and so I just think that that's kind of cool that it's not necessarily set hard that like oh now that show takes place in 1999, it's it's always moving with right you know, whenever now is. So I think that that's really cool, but so, yeah. So what'd you guys think of the uh, opening sequence with the Joker on the train? I kind of remember that Terry was somewhat heroic. I didn't remember being quite so much heroic. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it seems very much that he's, he's, and again, spoiler for a show that's been off the air for a long time. Um, I don't know if we can talk, are we going to talk about, um, What's the Justice League Unlimited episode? Oh, epilogue? Yeah. Are we talking about epilogue or no? Uh, we can down the line. Right. Or the future. But <laughs> right. epilogue, it, you know, I, that was a question I, I, that I, you know, going into it, I thought, well, you know, did they know at the time that they, you know, this was something that they kicked around and then it, or was it a sudden afterthought or the idea of, of, of epilogue, just the idea of whether or not who Terry is. Because <laughs> that was my question in watching this open again, or watching right. this opening episodes, was again he's he's quite athletic. He's quite he's quite like he's doing like Akira moves with the speeder yeah. bikes later. You know that was one of those questions I had. And rewatching, I'm like, I don't remember it being like I thought there was like you know he does. I remember the fight at at, the, at Wayne Manor. I remember that part, mm-hmm. but I didn't remember it being quite so like you know he's mixing it up, <laughs> right? right? You know it's not. Yeah, he's very punchy. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not, and it's not, and in, in, in watching it, the other thing is in my mind is I remember it being, for some reason in my mind, I remember the pilot being, after they did, uh, was it Last Son of Krypton? That the opener mm-hmm. for Superman Adventures? Yeah. Okay, so you do Last Son of Krypton. Last Son of Krypton is three-parter. It's 90 minutes. It was 90 minutes when it premiered. I remember that. The 90 minute premiere on Kids WB, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But for this, I in my mind, I thought, well, this is 90 minutes too, right? And it's not, mm-hmm. you know? Nope. It's only it's only forty four, and I had that I and in watching it I definitely had that moment of when Terry's doing all that stuff. I mean we saw we see him wrestling with like his Flash Thompson guy, right? You know the guy that's kind of the bully, Nelson. Yeah, yeah, Seth Green. Yeah, we's kind of the the bully, and we see that, and then you know we get an idea like, well, okay, he does you know he does like gym stuff, but it, it doesn't explain where that like where his punchy stuff comes from, right? I mean, he's got a little, you know, he's got a little chip on his shoulder. He's got a little uh, kind of rebel without a cause kind of thing going on. But it's not really a moment where I was like, well, this explains why he's able to do all this stuff. Yeah, he's got no suit yet. It's no. just him. 
Did anyone else have that feeling when they watched it? Because that's how I felt watching it when when I rewatched Rebirth. There, there's there's a move in in later on when when he's outside of the club mm-hmm. and the Joker's come and they start causing trouble and he starts fighting the Joker's off. And mm-hmm. there's like one move where like he he jumps up onto on, onto a street light and manages to kick one of them off the motorcycle. Right. And it's like it's it's like ninety percent a gymnastics move. Mm-hmm. It's something you would see Nightwing doing. Right. right. Like it's right at home with Nightwing. Right. And I was like, whoa, like I, that was one thing. Like, I didn't quite remember him being so flippy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would. Because, again, I think of the, the runtime on it. I would have liked coming back. I would have liked to have had a little bit of, um, you know, explanation where, you know, just mm. a, even if it was, you know, a moment of where he gets in the fight after you get the, the, after the Nelson spits on him and, and he punches him. Even if it was a moment of like in a guidance counselor's office or whatever with his mom being told or his dad being told, hey, listen, you know, he's really smart. Like he's off the smart, you know, off the charts smart. He's really he's really athletic, but he's got this attitude problem. And that's the reason why he's not, you know, he's not living up to his potential or whatever to explain some reason why he's able to do all this stuff. Right. But we don't get that because it's only, you know, it seems, you know, it's packed like the episodes are packed and, and, and I like the episodes, but I did have that like, unlike when I watched it previously, I had that question of, well, how's he able to do all this? Right. I like the fact that the Jokers are, are, you know, again, there's no real explanation to it, but mm-hmm. I like that sort of Batman's greatest enemy for some reason gets relegated to being like in- inspiring a, a street gang. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought that I've, I, that idea, like I've, I've no problem with that. I think that that's All a right. cool idea. It's a, it's a good way to be like, you know, he's never really gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, no, I think it's a, it's a neat idea. And I think also one of the brilliant things about the show, not just this episode, but, but like as it went on throughout the seasons is they had kind of like a cardinal rule to just kind of keep things loose. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? And that's not a laziness thing to me. I don't think it was like, we don't want to figure out, we don't want to come up with what happened to Jim Gordon and what happened to, to, you know, Nightwing and all that stuff. I think it was just sort of like, they wanted to keep it nebulous and mysterious. And I think that that's a neat feeling watching Mm -hmm. the show is that you don't know what happens to everybody. No. You know? And so even though I know that there's a comic book story there. Right. To be written about like the person that's like, I'm going to start a gang. <laughs> right. You know, but it's a, it's, it's an, it's a neat, it's a neat visual for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. I do have to point out like a, a very strong Akira reference because okay. the right. gang in Akira yeah. is the clowns led uh, by somebody named Joker <laughs> Okay, in Akira. Who's like their big motorcycle gang boss who wears clown paint. They all wear clown makeup and clown helmets. So it's, it's, it's them, you know, bringing in some of the stuff that's influencing them. Some of the anime, the cyberpunk anime of Akira, especially. But it works like it works so well in this world. So it's not just like, you know, a reference. It's not just an homage. Like they were able to take something that they were paying tribute to something, but also making something that works in their context. And that seems to be like a lot of a lot of what they first doubted about the show and then what won them over was like making all of this work in the context of the stuff they've already made. Yeah. And, and this I think is a great example of it. Cause yeah, like it's, it's, it's clearly Akira, but like in this world it works, it works and it makes sense and it fits in the context and it's just cool. It's just cool looking. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So and so so clearly Terry is is athletic, like you said, like he's on the wrestling team. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you know, uh, and I do remember that being something that was announced kind of early. It wasn't in the wizard things, but I remember hearing that like that Terry was going to be uh, like he was going to have a chip on his shoulder. He was going to be a kid that like kind of got into trouble. Right. A lot, which I thought was an interesting thing. So that puts him, you know, in, uh, in conflict with his father who he's mm-hmm. living with. Uh, you find out that, you know, he's, he's, uh, his, his parents are divorced, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he gets grounded after having a, you know, starting a fight at school or not starting a fight, but, you know, participating in a fight. He gets grounded. He storms out of his dad's place, goes to meet up his girlfriend at, at the club, which is where the the, uh, the second Joker's motorcycle scene that we were talking about mm-hmm. occurs. And, um, you know, he battles them off and then uh, while wearing a helmet, he does put on his helmet. helmet. <laughs> Standards and practices. S&P was, I'm sure, yep. saying put a helmet on that kid. Yeah. The good guy. The bad the guys good. don't wear. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so as he's trying to get away, which I like that moment, I like that sort of he's he's again being the hero. And then there's so many of them that Dana's just sort of like, get out of here, go mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's just sort of like, I don't know, it just has sort of a like, like, like they're packing heat kind of feeling to it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just it, it felt kind of real. Right. Yeah. That moment. So so he starts leading them away and we get to. uh you know, I don't, I don't know where Wayne Manor is, but you know, if we're going into the Nolan verse, uh, yeah. uh, the Palisades <laughs> is, where, is where somewhere. Wayne Manor is, right? And uh, there's a, there's an old man out there who's uh, still pretty spry, right? And helps out Terry fight off some bad guys. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's Charles Foster Kane. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> it's it's no, it's it that I like all that stuff again. It's 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 creepy and it's great <laughs> like the fact that he's just out there and that he sticks it to some young punks yeah of course yeah yeah goes a little uh grand torino on them <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I i that sequence is great i mean you know old man bruce is awesome i love old man bruce you know uh ace ace is great too sure yeah i like that whole sequence i think that whole sequence is fun yeah i do too i, I you're right it is it is kind of ominous and and moody Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think Ace is a great addition too, because that mm-hmm. was that was one thing I remember from development interviews and stuff. They were like, "Well, well, Alfred's dead, right? Like, <laughs> like, so, right. so like, so who's he with? Like, who who's in that house with him?" And they're like, "Oh, like maybe he's got a dog, mm-hmm. you know." Which also like like coincidentally came back to like another note that they got from the earlier Batman shows, where somebody asked like, "Can he have a dog?" And they were like, <laughs> ah, and they're kind of like hated the idea, but it was like, okay, well that was our way to get Ace in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for them a couple of years later they were like okay yeah he's got a dog yeah right. something about these scenes overall the first the opening scene this scene that i hadn't really thought of before in watchings until this time is how frail bruce is <laughs> like right. I mean, we see him we see him like you know he, he messes with these punks he, he messes them up and then immediately he's like oh like i need my cane like that was that was right. too much for me uh, again yeah. Right. And pills and pills. And then as the show goes, though, even early, early in the show, like that starts to not be a thing. Like Mm -hmm. his ailments don't seem to be affecting him. Like once he's back in the saddle, kind of vicariously. Right. 
through Terry, which I, I like to think that that's what it is, is that like he's got something now. He's got something to live for. He's got a like a legacy to carry on. And like that's energizing him. So now he's got something. He wasn't fighting for anything before when he was up there in his empty mansion with a dog. And now and now he's got something. The other, it's funny that you mentioned that Clifton. I never, I didn't really think about that because yeah, he is kind of bag of bonesy at first mm-hmm. and really kind of iffy about stuff. And then as the sh- like right away gets into more physical right. stuff, but that's also in it's that's also true in in the Dark Knight Returns by Miller and uh, Klaus Janson, right? Like the fact that he's, you know, it's it would be a good death, <laughs> you know, that whole opening <laughs> right. sequence with the race the car. Right. You know, and then once he realizes, no, he's got to be Batman again. His, you know, it's the the it's the great stuff of you know the rain on my chest is a baptism. You know, all that all that imagery of like, <laughs> nope, this is what I needed. You know, the creature right. the creature writhes and snarls in my gut and tells me what I need. Yeah. You know, and it's suddenly like he's back to being Batman. It's like I, you know, the last twenty to thirty years just fall away. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, granted, he still has moments where he, he you know. He has old, you know, moments of being an old dude, but at the same time, there's a lot of that in Dark Knight Returns as well. And I wonder right, if that's where yeah, they borrowed it from right. or just decided, nah. Yeah, it could be. Right. You know, it could also be totemism. The idea of, you know, once you slip on that that animal mask traditionally, you know, from the hero stuff, from the hero's journey stuff, you basically transcend all your human frailties. At mm-hmm. least that's the idea. You know, that's why a lot of a lot of, you know, uh animal based characters in comics you know, once they slip the mask on, it's like that, that whole sublimation of, of their personality to become something more. There's a little of that too. Right. I remember putting in my notes, I'm like, this episode is pretty darn tight. Yeah. That's what I was saying when you I, when I this is a better way of saying when I was like, it's packed. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff in it to, to it's roll a tightly out. tightly plotted episode. And, and that medication thing, sort of that like attack he has out there gets Terry in the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. It's, it's it's a moment where we see Terry is again has a compassionate side. He's helping the old man that helped him. Right. Right. Um and then but it's also the moment where, you know, he sees he sees a bat mm-hmm. in the study. Right. <laughs> in a clock. Right. <laughs> Tries to help the bat and then ends up opening up and finding a stairwell behind there and goes into the cave. Yeah. Which there was a moment that that I always remember this line, but I guess it hit me when he sees the bat suit. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wow, like Terry's got kind of like a techie side because he's able to like to assess it quick, really fast. Yeah, he's a bit of a Terry Sue. And I didn't I don't like hate the term and I hate the Mary Sue as a term. But I was like, <laughs> man, they've they've front loaded this kid with a lot of abilities that that, <laughs> yeah. that aren't explained. Again, right. Getting back to what I was saying, but go ahead. But no, but I mean, but it also made me think I wonder if it's just sort of like the way, right, the way your toddler can, can navigate a touchscreen better sure. than you can sure you know what i mean oh no no you're right yeah there's <laughs> you, a, know? you know there's a lot of that i've got a lot of that going on right now in my own life but right. um yeah no getting back to what clifton was saying about the bat trapped in the clock was just the idea that it's also a bigger metaphor for him helping bruce yeah you know the idea yeah. that it's the reverse of the of the bat crashing and dying basically in the study and and, and, and you know we've seen it a million times in different things of, yeah, you know, I shall become a bat, and I shall become a bat. I mean, it's it, again getting back to yeah. Frank Miller. It's it's in Miller and David Mazzucchelli's Year One. That's one. What I always go back to is that scene of he's you know he's failed at his first foray out into being you know uh, <laughs> the the what's the homeless vet? No, that's what he does. The homeless vet bit. Yeah, and the guy immediately calls him out. Is like you're not. This is not you. <laughs> <laughs> Before he has the gimmick together of being Batman, and then you see that the 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 wounded bat 
that was amended in another story to be one of uh i think it's langstrom's test subjects if okay. i remember correctly hmm. that ends up in the study and, and, and then that's where he gets the information of you know i'll be a bat i shall become a bat that whole thing but again i i do like the idea of it it's, it's a bat that's trapped by the clock which is much like kind of bruce is sort of trapped by yeah. this and and also liberated by the idea of once i get back into like clifton was saying living vicariously through you my life will be better and so will Gotham right. cities really right and so he heads back home uh and then sees that uh you know the police are there and runs in his mom is there his mom you know can't get the words out that his father's dead but mm. you know he runs in the check and you see ha 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 spray painted all over the walls and this is a point where i think the music like really stands out and is really beautiful and really noticeable i think um dramatic wise not not just like you know the techno uh <laughs> right you know rock music that that you got uh as as the score for the show but you see so it's the moment it's 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 the orphaned moment mm-hmm. you know which is um which is a nice like it looks like it's a coincidence that the jokers hit it but it's in retaliation to him fighting mm-hmm. off the jokers but then it's not right like you know like i, I, I like i like this sequence a lot it's a smart it's a smart bit like i like yeah. the fact that it, it's there you know and again it's it, there's, there's enough i guess there's enough joker joker's mischief as opposed to joker's real crime that you don't really know whether it is or not at first right no i mean like it's i'm impressed i'm really impressed rewatching it. i hadn't seen it again in a long time mm-hmm. you know and then uh so there's there's the disc that uh terry's dad has left for him in the event of his death mm-hmm. you know that's now among his things that now he's you know taking and moving in as now he's moving back in with his mom uh, and his little brother and uh and that's when we see uh there's something up at wayne powers <laughs> and uh this Derek powers guy who who you know appeared to be you know is very lex luthor uh yeah, a benevolent that, business guy beloved business guy um you know, in the city, uh, has some crooked dealings. Mm-hmm. And what I like about that bit is I like that his instinct is to go back to Bruce mm-hmm. that on one hand, it's like, well, you're connected to this. It's your company. And you've just sort of like taken your eye off of the ball. Right. Right. You let every, basically let everything go, but also you're Batman mm-hmm. help. And, and like, it's just, it's a nice, it's, it's a nice, like Terry's getting in over his head moment. Mm-hmm. And, and is, as Terry Sue, as you said, he is, it's, it's a cool moment that he's coming to him and he's like, you know, just like pleading for his help. Mm-hmm. I think, you know? Right. But getting back to, to Terry's dad mm. for a moment, if we can, I don't, you know, it was, it's always interesting to me the, who they get, who Andre Romano casted for, for, for <laughs> right. voice actors. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think we've, we've joked a couple of times. I don't know if we've done it on the podcast, just the idea of like, it's people that she shows that she likes. Right. <laughs> so therefore they get voice work or maybe just yeah. hears them and thinks, Oh, that would be an interesting take on, on the character. Mm-hmm. But, um, Michael gross. Yeah. yeah. Steve, Stephen Keaton. He's, he's, <laughs> he's only in it for a very short time. I, it's what that's what, along with Terry's, uh, you know, innate abilities, it seems like to do stuff for me, that was the other glaring, like, like hole in the episodes, I guess was, I know it's shorthand that he's got a chip on his shoulder and you know, his parents are divorced and he's, I guess, stuck with dad. Mm-hmm. Right, you know that he's living with dad and his brother is living with mom but it does feel at least again on rewatch it felt kind of like well there's got to be more to the story right yeah 
And I didn't remember if it's ever touched on again what what the deal was. Like I couldn't recall. I I was trying to I was uh, like why like why he was with his dad and his brother was with his mom. Like what the family story was. That and kind of like why you know I get that you you know you're upset that your parents are split up. I totally understand right. that. But I don't understand. Like it was so it's 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 very one note. It's very yeah. one dimensional mm-hmm. as a relationship. And I just had a moment of like eh. I don't <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I had that moment of again a, a, another scene or two that just would have explained or. or you know, been like, oh, well, dad was, you know, dad was stuck with work. And was, cause again, the very, when Terry's like, hey, I need to, I need to talk to you. And he's like, I'm busy, I'm working. And like, th- that right. was, you know, was that it? Was that all there was to their relationship? But it didn't. And then, like I said, it just the fact that it's Stephen Keaton always makes right. me laugh from family ties. Yeah. It did make me wonder, like, what the custody laws in Gotham are. <laughs> right. Just cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very close to somebody who, uh, <laughs> Who handles divorce? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And it did make me wonder, like, that is an interesting situation where where the young the young son is with mom, but the older one is with dad. Right? And mm-hmm. clearly and he's and he's not 18. Right. He's not an adult yet, right? Like he's still right. a minor. Right. Clearly. Right. Yeah, it did make me wonder. That that was one area. And there's one bit where where Bruce says you know, take the disc to, to commissioner Barbara Gordon. Right? Yeah. And that was another bit where I went, like, I, I, I just felt them. I felt them like, man, if you, if you did three episodes, this would have been a sequence where you said, take this to commissioner Gordon. And the audience would have been like, what? Like he's still alive. Right. <laughs> right. And then you go, and then it would be a separate scene where he goes and sees and it's Babs. Right. Mm-hmm. Barbara. Right. I'm with you. I think I, I, th- this is an episode where I do wish they had a little bit more elbow room and did and mm-hmm. did a three parter. So right. some of the family dynamic stuff was a little bit more. Uh, and yeah, and so we had a little bit more time with dad, right? Because like I said, that was my only thing. That was my other big thing. I was just like, well, you know, I get it. You know, and you as you write stuff, stuff. You know, you sometimes need, you know, your placeholder or your, you know, your your. Well, we'll go. You know, and just that's what it always felt like to me as as, as watching it was this was something that definitely had more, should have had more meat to it. And it just was right. kind of like, nah, his dad, you know, he didn't get along with his dad, even though he's with him. Cause you guess again, like what you're saying with not to get all weird about it, but yeah, with Gotham city custody laws, yeah. I would think he'd have some say on who he's going with, but maybe not. I don't, again, I don't know, but it just felt very much like he was a device to get Terry to the point of being upset and having to go back to Bruce and being like, look, they killed my dad. Right. You know, you know, what that's like, you know, that kind of thing of like, you know what, you know what, basically, you know what the city does to parents. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what, what are you doing? You got to help me out here. So let's, um, let's hit part two a little bit faster. Okay. What'd you guys like about part two? I'll just put it that way. I like the, I mean, the, I think the action sequences are pretty cool. Like I think that, but again, it gets back to the whole thing of, uh, with Terry stealing the suit. <laughs> right. You know, again, a, a moment of, you know, again, if we had seen, like, I watched this one and I watched, like I said, like the, a couple other episodes and then um, just pick and choose stuff from different, like, scenes from online. But there's a there's a moment where I had the, the idea of not everyone can just throw in a bat suit and glide over the city and be okay with it. Mm. Most people would be screaming their heads off and throwing up. Um, the idea that he, when they have the, the, the zero gravity highlight bit in, in the ink, with the ink episode that's after this one. Right. Even if that had just been the idea of like, well, that's where he gets the ability to do this and has no problem would have been something. But I felt like it was also a moment of now nah, he's doing all this other stuff so he could do this too. Right. <laughs> but no, I like the, the stuff. I, I like the bit with uh, 
the, just the one shot of Bruce listening to him getting his ass kicked. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Bruce just is like, I told you. That's the real anchor of that of this of this episode. So I'll try and hit it in broad strokes. So basically, okay. Bruce is reluctant to help Terry. Mm-hmm. Terry steals the bat suit anyway, right? And goes out and he's like, "Whatever, I'm gonna I'm gonna go take the guy down that did that killed my dad because he, right. he surmises that it's not the Joker's that he was killed uh, by Derek Powers or by somebody connected to Derek Powers who runs Wayne Powers, right? Basically, for his dad not cooperating and not going along with with the 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 like the gene, uh, not the gene, but, but like the, the chemical weapons that he was developing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so Terry steals the suit. He goes to Wayne towers. You know, the Joker's thing was all, was all, uh, uh a cover up. And basically he goes there just to, I like what, what I like about it is it doesn't seem like he has any, any illusions that he's going to be Batman. Right. It's mm-hmm. just that this, this suits a tool to help me sort of, uh, achieve it. Right. Like I'm going into a dangerous thing to, to, you know, take down some killers. That's how I read it. I don't know if you guys had a different sense of it. Yeah, no, I don't think he's he's got no long term plan in right. mind at that point. I don't think he's got he's he wants to bring the people to justice that mm-hmm. took his father from him. And that's that's his whole game. Yeah, that's a means. I think I think that it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting when you get to the the the, the, the line at the end, you know, when. In the climax, when they're fighting in the in the the ship, yeah, as it's going, that whole bit when they get to the the, do you want to wait till you get to that line, or do you want me to say it? No, you can go 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 ahead. No, just a bit where it's where it's um he's he's basically fighting with um Mister Fix. Yeah, his his the, the right hand guy, and you know he says you know you you think you're you know something for for a guy who thinks he's Batman. He's like I am Batman. Right. I was the the line. I like the line. I just don't know how earned it is at that point. <laughs> right. You know, but no, I, I, I think it's a means to an end at that point. I think what it, where, where he's very adaptable to what we've seen with him in, in the rest of the episode. I think the idea that he's adapted to this as his means to get whatever he needs done, done. Yeah. Is more, uh, you know, a testament to his character than anything else. It's still very tight. I do like that line. It's a good line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a good line. I do like the read. And I don't know if it's just because he's like there, you know, there's no Batman. So I'm Batman now. Cause right. at that point he's out, he's on the outs with Bruce. Cause he's, he went to Bruce and was like, mm. do your job. Right. Batman or, or right. Bruce Wayne of Wayne tech. Mm. And if you won't, I will. Right. So I'm, I, I can do it. I think yeah. it kind of, I think it's kind of just a continuation on that train of thought, but yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tight episode, but I'm I'm I, I agree with both of you. I mm-hmm. like the line, and I also it's again I do I do think it's a bit rushed, but I think a lot of it in the episode is is rushed because it's two episodes only. Yeah, and I keep I, can't, I hate to keep harping down on that because I think it's a really effective two part pilot. Um, right. But one bit in there, so so we were saying that we like the kill suit, the kill button, right uh, on the suit. So basically, when Bruce finds out it's stolen. There's the, the suit is rigged with a kill switch in case somebody else in case somebody else gets their hands on it. I mean, it's no it's no surprise that he's got one, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, who, you know, who amongst us was like, oh, no, that would never happen. I was like, no, that would absolutely happen. That's would a, absolutely- I mean, it's a great moment when he's like, 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 Wayne, they're going to kill me. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and which again gets me like, like, so you, you wanted it more kid friendly. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. my that's yeah. my whole thought like through all of this is so like yeah. wait like you like this is this is your vehicle to get kids like right. younger kids because you're not making a show for them no mm-hmm. old man bruce is willing to let his 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 his, his protege basically die i mean yeah. no, he's not at that point but no i, I when i when i because I, I, again they linger on that that the, you hear him like i said you hear him getting getting beat up and they linger on that shot of Bruce and Bruce is like, his emotions don't change. Yeah. That's what I love about that shot was like that. Like I was waiting for a glimmer of like, Oh, well I got, you know, no, his emotions don't change. He doesn't go through any kind of like, it's all behind the mask of his face. So, which I think is really effective. Just that scene is just great because he, <laughs> he, he had that moment of like, well, maybe he's gonna, and I did have right. that moment of, um, and it's, it's a, it's a line. It's not in this episode again. Well, I think that if it had been a three-parter, there's the scene in, um, I just want to say it's Inc. I can't remember what the episode's called. It's one right after this one, after Rebirth Part 2. But mm. in it, it's the scene of, of um, it's a bit of exchange between him and Barbara. And he says that the line of, you know, and she's like basically messing with him about, oh, another one, you know, basically another kid for you. You wrangled another errand boy. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just the idea of, you know, and he's like, I didn't, you know, they all, you all came to me. That's what he says. Right. Which He's is like, not, I didn't, I didn't wrangle anyone. Which is not yeah. true. Which is so not true. <laughs> Such a lie. Um, you know, you know, for her maybe, not for for the rest of them. But just the idea of you know, here's another. It's 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 a very different. It is very much the idea of another kid for his his one man's war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another another kid. But the, the only difference is this kid is now he's that much closer to this kid because it's almost like. Uh, like Professor Stein and Ronnie Raymond Firestorm, where he's like, I'm in his ear constantly. Right. Right. You know, yeah. I'm giving him I'm giving him chemical equations, but in this case, I'm telling him what to do to not to not die <laughs> as he's as he's doing this, right? And again, I think what what again it goes back to what Clifford said was the idea of he has to choose to let this happen. I mean, I don't yeah. I don't think Bruce would have been cold enough to just let Terry get killed. No, right? of course not. I mean, I do I do think that's the moment where where he hears he's in actual trouble. And then right. it's like, okay, it's not just, you know, he's not, fa- he's not Fagan. He's not, he's not just a <laughs> punk, a punk kid just out for right. thrills. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. No, I'd say, I, I like the bit too, where, where they're like, we're like, it's Batman. And they're like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they almost, yeah. Cause that, that's, a, that's another nice bit too. Is like, they probably talk between powers and, uh, and Mr. Fix. Yeah. That part was like, it's Batman. Like, it's Batman? What do you mean it's Batman? It's like <laughs> right. that, I, I love that idea of like, no, there's been enough time that enough shines come off the apple. Yeah. Not enough people are concerned about Batman showing up. I mean, at that point, it's what? It's a good, like we said, about 20, 25 years, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's enough time for him to definitely to, to kind of recede and to sort of be, you know, uh, relegated to like boogeyman stories or, or, you know, you can't, you know, parents telling kids, if you don't listen to each, you know, you don't do broccoli and go to bed, you know, Batman's going to come and get you or whatever. But yeah, I, I think the idea that, that it's laughable, <laughs> that's, that there's, that I don't know if it's laughable that, for them that he's even there or the idea that he exists. I can't, I couldn't quite get the read proper, but I was like, yeah, it's funny that they don't, they don't, they're not too, not too impressed. <laughs> right. So yeah, so then, so what do you what do you think about the, you know, so we're spoiling it for for everybody. So right. so you know, Terry gets gets his gets his man gets the guy, mm-hmm. right? At least one of them. Fix. Right. We 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 get the sense that Fix is the guy that actually like like pulled the trigger, right? Right. Like Derek, but, Derek Power wasn't out there doing stuff. At the yeah, time. the Powers yeah. wasn't doing it. But so so he gets Fix, but also right. but Powers is still out there. 
mm-hmm. uh, looming. And right. I, I, I love I love the moment where you, you get Terry after the morning after and he's, you know, it's kind of like a hangover scene a little bit. Where, like, he's just, <laughs> right. He's he slept in and he's sore everywhere. And, right. and you know, there's like Bruce Wayne's at the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. I like this bit a lot. I like this bit a lot where he comes in and, and basically offers Terry a job. And I like right. I like the layers to it. I like yeah. that the, I like that the dialogue works for his mom. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, it's just you know, you know, this is this is where the tightness comes in. That the, the of it, where like he helped me out once. Mm-hmm. You know, your son helped me out once, so I thought maybe you know he would like to come work for me. It all it all tracks. It all makes right. sense. In hindsight, it reminds me of, oh yeah, I've got the Stark internship. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, that's what I mean. That's now looking back at like on it, I'm like, oh, this is totally the bit they stole for. You know, for for the, the MCU stuff with Spider Man and Iron Man, the idea like, mm-hmm. oh no, I've got this, yeah, I got this young protege who's basically working with me. You know, yeah, Stark showing up in in his apartment mm-hmm. in Civil War. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. it's the scene. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, and I just I I dig the the you know welcome to my world. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's a good bit. Right. Well, the other thing is, I one thing that I do like is um. And again, I didn't. I didn't really put this together till I watched it. Was this time was when uh, they talk about they show that the bit where he's showing the arms dealer guy about the, the progression of the this this nerve gas stuff mm-hmm. and how bad it gets and how quickly it gets. When you have the bit in the climax where there, where he's basically where Terry hits the canister and exposes powers to the the stuff, it remain it reminds me of Batman eighty nine, where kind of like where the where Batman where Michael Keaton Batman. Does the mm. bit of reflecting the the bullet back, right, back at at Jack, yeah, which tears up his face, and then he falls in the vat of chemicals, mm-hmm. and then we get the Joker, which I thought that was kind of reminiscent. I never really put those two scenes together in my head, right. but now I do. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I didn't, I didn't think of that either. That's a good, it's a good point though. You know, but having a hand in his his what what could have been, should have been his ultimate nemesis, because again, I. I one thing I did notice was the idea of continuity in this as well. I watched other episodes, the fact that, no, this is supposed to follow one after the other and for mm. the most case, right? Mm. Which I don't really think they had that in mind for the other two. Like, obviously, things fold back on it and they come back to revisit stuff or when a character comes back, it's kind of a villain or whoever comes back. We dovetail back to whatever happened before. But this would seem to be more episodic. Yeah. And I always felt like like Blight as a character which is ultimately what powers becomes right. had a lot of legs. And I just feel like they didn't really want to have that be a thing. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a few things in the show that I feel like they, they started to set up out of instinct. Mm-hmm. And like, that's one of them where they'd be like, yeah, like this is going to be his Joker. Like this is mm-hmm. going to be his guy. And it's a good, it, and the thing about it, it's a good, like, even though he looks kind of like Dr. Phosphorus, right. It's mm-hmm. a good bit. Like it works. Right. And And that, like, that's something else. Like, that's the thing. But then I think they, like, they had their mantra, their mantra of, like, Mm. we're not gonna, like, it's not gonna be like the other show. It's not (laughs) gonna be like the thing. And I think they shied away from it because they're like, we don't want, like, we're not gonna do Joker Beyond. And then they Uh. kind of, I feel like in in some cases skewed too far to be like, we're not going to do anything that somebody could think of is like his Joker. It reminded me, Cliff, it reminded me a lot of like Smallville's no tights, no flights rule for so long where I'm like, by the end of it, you have everybody else in the world wearing a costume. So what does it matter? (laughs) Give the the guy a super suit. Yeah. And I haven't read this anything, but, but you know, in hearing you talk about it, Cliff, it, it jumped to mind 
Yeah. One of the things that they were saying, because they were just cranking episodes out and development was so fast, mm-hmm. what they did was they they didn't really have like, like here's this character's story and this is what his design going to look like. In some cases, they actually did. They just had like James Tucker and Glenn Murkami just do designs. Okay. And like, oh, that looks cool. Like, right. what's that guy's deal? Right. <laughs> and so you had like a neat design, kind of like, kind of, like, I guess, like um the way they did the X-Men. Okay. Initially, right? Right, uh, not like, giant size number one x-men right all right like all the dave right? cockrum yeah yeah like mm-hmm. where it's like that like that guy's cool looking like what's his story right and and my understanding was is that like shriek came about that way ink mm-hmm. came about that way and i don't know but i mean it could it could i could see that possibly maybe powers was that way yeah and sort of and i think you're right like maybe they were just sort of like setting it up by instinct and it was sort of like okay yeah we don't really want to want to nail ourselves down to all these repeat bad guys, perhaps. Right. We- again, yeah. but that's a weird idea because you, I mean, again, at this point, you know, the shows you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like repeat business is part of what makes these shows work. Like I'm not, again, some <laughs> of the best episodes of, of all those series are because of the fact that you've established a character and a villain and, mm-hmm. you know, You've yeah. had moments to basically say, well, this is what it was for this one episode, but as character yeah. development goes along for the villain too, let's revisit that or let's look at this from yeah. a different way or whatever. And I think, again, it's just so, like I think what Clifton said was saying was absolutely true is they just skewed so hard away from that, which doesn't make, you know, again, you're, the show that you're making is, is, you know, the people want to see the Joker show up. Not so much now because he's oversaturated, but I'm saying right. <laughs> when you have those episodes, with, oh, it's cool. It's like a character I haven't seen in a long time, like Rachel Ghoul or, or yeah. you know, whoever. But I, they do break that rule. They do break that rule every once in a while. And, and one of them, they break pretty quick. I mean, Mr. Freeze comes back. True. First season. Right. Yeah. Pretty early. You're right. I yeah. agree. But they said they uh, in the special feature thing when they mentioned their rule about no like no poison ivy beyond no riddler beyond but like but we 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 really like freeze so we brought him back early mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I read in 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 the Bruce Tim interviews was he he has an attachment to Mister Freeze mm-hmm. because of Heart of Ice which was an episode mm-hmm. he directed and 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 he really li- he thought that story came out really really well and. He thought with the with the way that Freeze was sort of left in the last Batman show that there was some avenue to bring him back and have it be believable, not have it be like, oh, you're just you're just like rehashing stuff right? that like that he had an arc to him. And 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 even though he didn't write that episode or direct that episode, he said that he 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 checked in a little more often with how that episode was going. That's episode meltdown. Yeah. Mm. Episode four, I think of season one two episodes after the pilot yeah it's a great episode and it is again one where like they were able to take like they were able to create the good context for it so it doesn't feel like it's just a hey remember mr freeze here he is Mm -hmm. like they they created something that had like tied into heart for all of the characters freeze who you know doesn't have heart (laughs) that's part of it and terry as the new Batman, like looking at things differently and Bruce being the old Batman, looking at things like he always looks at things and, Mm -hmm. and that you find like a truth for all of it somewhere in the middle of all three of those, of those things, which eh, it's a really good episode. I love that episode. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I was not into the show very much after I watched the pilot. I liked the pilot, but like I said, like this is kind of the time where I fell off of their stuff. 
Right. So I didn't watch all of season one until until I bought the DVD some years later. And then I watched season one and I'm like, season one's really strong, mm-hmm. really, really strong. Like there's a lot of great episodes in there. Yeah. Season one's super strong for not being a whole lot of episodes. There's a lot of strong episodes. Yeah. All right. Um, before we move on, any final thoughts on the pilot? I mean, I guess the main thing is I just I thought like we talked about, I, I would I would like a little more fleshing out of of just the idea of Terry's again, we didn't really get a chance to talk about epilogue. We didn't really spoil that. Right. We thought we talked about, maybe talk about it towards the end. Well, that's still right. coming up. Okay. Right. Yep. We'll hit epilogue in, in uh, part two for sure. Okay. All right. So I won't spoil it here, but just the idea that, that I would like a little more background as to why Terry was able to do what he did as well as a little bit more about Michael gross, his dad's character, a little more fleshed out exposition. Yeah, again, yeah. and just you know, I still in my mind's eye thought this was a longer, <laughs> longer origin <laughs> bit. I did, I definitely thought, well, it's three episodes, but right, you know, and it could have been a little bit. That I think that would have it would have helped on rewatch. I didn't feel that way the first time, but rewatching, I definitely felt like, eh, it could have used a little more fleshing out of stuff. Right, right. This is a lot of information really fast. Right. One thing I can't really unhear. I have to be honest, and this goes back uh, twenty five years now. Wow. And since you brought up John, your mm-hmm. old roommate, uh, he was the one that told me this. And it was, it was, uh, it stuck with me. And he was saying his critique was he wishes that after all the Batman adventure stuff ended mm-hmm. and uh, um, Bruce comes along and, and hires him, mm-hmm. he wishes that it was like one year later. Yeah. Right. And I the sense that. was is that Bruce was training Terry for a year. Mm-hmm. after that before he went back out again and i actually thought that was kind of a cool idea right and the more and more i think about it i'm like yeah i think that would have been nice i think he's right because the thing he was saying is, is like i find it hard to think that bruce would just send somebody out with no training <laughs> yeah but again it's, it's, i i like that idea but again i, I like the idea of you know the on on the job training <laughs> i like i do like again i, I mean I get it, but it makes him more like Bruce without, I mean, I don't think he has to be Bruce. And the fact that there's the whole, um, the rebellious idea of he's going to steal the suit and just do it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so yeah. we talked about the idea that even if he, if he, if he hadn't have done it, he would have found a way to do it without the suit kind of a thing, or he would have made the attempt, I guess. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I, gu- Again, I guess the, the argument I'll make against it too is also, I think, you know, the suit is there to augment mm-hmm. so much. Right. Right. Is that, mm-hmm. it, is that it's not really a sense that he's out there with nothing. Sure. <laughs> yeah, know? no, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, but, you know, but he's got, again, he's got all this, <laughs> I don't know, on the job training, inherent training or inherent skills. And then he's got a suit that augments his strength. And, you know, it's a lot, it's a, it's a, it's a mixed bag. Cause we just don't know at that point. Right. So that's good. So let's get into that. That's because we don't we don't have a whole lot of time left. So we'll get into episodes and everything in part two. But I wanted to ask you guys, like, what what did you think about the design of the Batman suit itself and sort of like what it does? It does a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that suit does a lot. Yeah, and it is funny thinking about it in this context though, because it's what Bruce is wearing in the in the pre credits, right? Cold open. So I was like, is that suit twenty five years old at the time Terry puts it on? <laughs> Well, he makes it, he makes mentions funny you say that because he makes mention of the fact that it's it's old, but it's still 
still cutting edge. Right. Yeah, true. So either, you know, Bruce was ahead of his time or had was privy to stuff that was ahead of his time. Right. I mean, which doesn't, I mean, he was all, he's always been ahead of his time in all right. the versions. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something I was thinking about this time where it's like, oh yeah, it's, that's the suit. I thought of that too. And you know what though? I think and there's something about that that kind of like, it does bother me a little bit. Yeah. And I kind of wish that they held back on some of the suit capabilities for that for that um uh, pre pre credit sequence with mm. with Bruce right mm-hmm. right I wish it was stripped down a little bit and not so much um augmenting mm-hmm. him yeah and then I thought it would be cool to, to kind of go with that thing that that John was talking about also where like it would be neat I think if like in the next episode or something like that there was new stuff that got added to the suit as a protection for right. Terry. Right, yeah, new technology. Like, we're adding this, we're adding this, and everything. Yeah. You're still new at this, kid. Like you know, kind of like the training wheels protocol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just that idea of no, no. We've, there's all sorts of things available to you. It's just right now, this is what you got. As as you're just starting out. I will say, I do kind of like. Um, I like the idea that like it's wearable tech. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for '99 that was pretty like the the idea that it was it was armored and and computerized. Right. And yet it was something that like he could he could ball up and throw in his backpack. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought it was was really, really neat. And I liked that the I like that the cowl reveals his mouth, but it's covered up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always a neat right like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the Spider-Man eyes, like right. they're always expressive, but how? But yeah, they need to be, so they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a nice bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that is one thing where I'm just sort of like, yeah, I don't know what the future tech would be like. Sure, it does make <laughs> me think like, like how would they do that in a live action? Right, that they would that they would have to like CG his mouth and every or or makeup. Yeah, I mean they're up to it now in in visual mm-hmm. effects because yeah, we got yeah. Spider Man's <laughs> expressive eyes and in, in a CG suit on a guy wearing a, a motion capture suit. It'd be doable now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether they would want to is another question, but sure. they should, and they can. They've made it so I think he probably will never run out of batarangs. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, like there's always at his disposal. Just like nanotech generates them. Yeah. And I do. And, and the other thing I dig too is I like that the grappling hook is sort of like a web shooter. Mm-hmm. In what way? Like it shoots out of his right. It's not like it's not like a gun that he right. uses like like in in the other series like it just comes out of his wrist right or or top of his wrist I, I'm, I'm actually i'm blanking on what it looks like but yeah but it's just something <laughs> he just shoots out of his hand right, right. which i think is kind of cool and he can use like the suit's power to turn it into a stun gun or like a taser of sorts he uses yeah. it as times to like shock people with it more or less if it's not the grappling gun he shoots something else out of his suit that like shocks people yeah which is an interesting idea could turn invisible yeah which i always like that look of that where they just do like the like the rim lighting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that the audience can see him but yeah but the people on screen it's it's you know he's not there i think that that's really really kind of cool too makes right. me think of miles right yeah. for sure that's <laughs> yeah, what i was yeah. gonna say it definitely reminds it's very reminiscent of miles morales of of uh terry's ability or suit whereas miles is just the ability yeah they did some cool stuff. I like the microphone thing on his fingertips too. I think that was neat. And when he listens through the windows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a fun one. Yeah. Just picks up on the vibrations. I imagine. I like that. It gives him a lot of stuff, but at the same time, like, uh, he'll feel punches. 
mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> oh yeah. It's a lot of stuff, but it's not a lot of stuff that like that, that basically makes him invulnerable to any problem or any attack or anything like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not you know, full on still, armor. Yeah. You can still put him in, in situations with stakes. Yeah. What about some of like the rest of the technology in, in the world? It's interesting. Some of the stuff they hit on that, uh, like iPads, everyone uses tech pads, which weren't mm-hmm. new to them. Like it was a, you know, they pop up in Star Trek, various versions, especially next generation. But yeah, it's one that, that did pan out. So they picked one that, that was only, I don't know, 10 years off from them when they started. If I'm trying to remember when the tablets started coming out. So that's interesting to see. Uh, there's like Roombas around their world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it comes up in a later episode where, where someone, some get rigged with acid. So like little killer Roombas, which I thought was fun because they didn't think like, you know, they didn't think like, oh, robot janitor. Or they did think robot janitors, but they didn't think like humanoid robot janitors. They were like, that's not going to happen because we haven't gotten there yet. But like a Roomba, that's a very realistic thing to Right. to be on the horizon. And I don't think they were quite out yet at the time. No, I don't right. think so. And uh, yeah, things like that. The zero gravity high sport. I like, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's the right kind of like ridiculous, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Possibly. I don't think they quite nailed it. Like star Trek in the way where there's like, Oh, like that stuff, like, like weirdly came around, but also, right. In their defense, I think I think Star Trek inspired those inventions in a yeah. weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I don't think I also think that at the time this came out, like it was exceptionally hard to predict where stuff was gonna go. Mm-hmm. Right, where like internet was still novel. Right, mm-hmm. like they had just gotten internet. Yeah, <laughs> and they're know, still like making didn't... this show on film. Like they're yeah. not even producing digitally yet. Yeah, exactly, and it's like. You know, we were at a point where like 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 writing on CDs was was becoming a thing and mini discs and everything. So I could see that they just figured like, oh, well, that technology is still going to stick around in some way. It's just going to be smaller. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And I, that's one of the things that, that you know, I look at and I'm like, oh, OK, like you're almost there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but but. Yeah. You know, and the fact that they have like they don't have cash, they have basically like gift cards, <laughs> <laughs> right? And stuff which I'm like, you're yeah, you were close, like yeah, with right. a cashless society. Yeah, you know, they still have payphones of sorts, uh, which were almost gone in the real world by that point in time. Right. Every once in a while, like, well, I guess it's like a police call box that he goes and connects to sometimes in episodes, but it looks kind of like a payphone. Yeah, it's just that it, it just came out at a time where I think things were about to change very rapidly in the near future for us, not in the show. Right. right. You know, and I think just it made it predicting it a little a little tough. So they get yeah. a little a little leeway for me on this. Yeah. Big flat panel TVs they they got. Yeah. <laughs> what I like, though, about the like with when they show the news, I thought that interesting, they kind of. It seemed like the news was done in a way that was supposed to be futuristic, but at the same time, it gave me the feeling of seeing the black and white newscasts in the original <laughs> Batman series. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when, when the Batman the Animated Series came out and the stuff was in black and white, it made me go, okay, well, some of the technology is not up to date. But it, made, it gave me that feel of like, oh, their newscast is, is it done in a future, but not... Right. Like the most futuristic way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like having a hologram like in your room kind of a thing, which they could have right. gone with, but they didn't. 
right. their newscasters do seem kind of avatarish. Like they don't seem like they're real people. They seem yeah. like they're kind of AI generated anchor yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a fun idea. I mean, I guess that wasn't the idea. That's just kind of how they come across to me. And I was like, yeah. that's probably not far off. Honestly. Cause they're invisible too. <laughs> yeah. And it, and yeah. it makes me go like, Oh, like, what are we looking at here? Right. Like, is it supposed, I'm, am I supposed to see the shot behind it, like, in more clarity? Is that the idea? Like, the, like the person is like a not to be a distraction yeah. as much. Right. I, but I do think yeah. that it's, it's like, weird and cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's a fun idea, because it's yeah. definitely something you haven't seen before. Right. And what did you guys think of uh, the updated Gotham City? I mean, I love the skyline. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool for all the flying shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and being so tall works for for now that you've got a Batman that just flies through the city instead of you know driving around or swinging. Mm. Like city's got to be taller. Yeah, I like, like the design. purple sky. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that was my next thing. Was I like the sky? Yeah, I remember sort of in their development they were they were saying like Blade Runner a lot. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and we we were talking about sort of like our first thoughts when when we heard it was announced, it, like that was one of the things that got me is they were, they were saying like multicultural Gotham city that was inspired by blade runner. I was like, Oh man, that's going to look really cool. Cause who was it? Who <laughs> didn't think blade runner looked incredible right. the first time they saw it. Right. Um, and I remember when it came out, I, I was a little disappointed cause I'm just like, well, it's not like cluttered and claustrophobic. Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> yeah. like blade runner is, which is what I thought they were, go- they, they were going for. Right. You know? Yeah. I think there are some limitations in their, in their budget and scope and, and things needed design just need to be a little more open I yeah. think, for cost saving and efficiency. Probably. I think it was really cool. I just, I wish that we saw a little bit more of the old Gotham city in there too. Mm-hmm. You know, cause one thing that, that gets me in the comics that come out after the fact, that you see all the time. It's always referred to as Neo Gotham, Neo Gotham, right. Neo Gotham, yeah, yeah. right? And and that's an Akira thing for right. sure. Neo Tokyo, <laughs> yep. But it's not in the show anywhere. <laughs> it's never called that in the show, and it's always bothered me. And there's a spot in 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 um I think it's Shriek where he he goes into like basically old Gotham. He goes into the old police department, right? And I like that idea. Yeah. I like because it it hits me a little bit New Yorky. Right. Right. Where you have buildings that were built in like 1930 and you have buildings that were built four years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Derek Powers wants to buy it up to tear it down. The old right. city. Yeah. Yeah. Fun to see. Yeah. Like Crime Alley. Still mm-hmm. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I think that would be cool. It got industrial quick, though. A lot of big, big industrial like factory like doors. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So, um, this is, uh, end of part one, tune in to part two next week and we'll hit, uh, some of our favorite episodes and, uh, we'll get into the, that, that justice league episode epilogue that Frank, you were talking about. Yes. So if you guys want to suggest a topic, let us know in the comments, uh, whatever Twitter X is being called right now, handle L M K H I I or email us at info at let me know how it is.com. Uh, you can find links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com, where you could also check out all of our past episodes. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>